Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. Your value has nothing to do with your productivity. Your value as a human is completely separate from that. And I always think like the whole reason where we have these, you know, businesses and the whole reason we have these goals is because we want to feel a certain way, but why not also just feel that way now and still pursue the goal? So if you want to feel energized and good, you can do that and grow. They are not mutually exclusive. And I think I like to bring that conversation back together of like, well, what would it look like if you woke up and your brain was at 90%? How would that feel to live your life? This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Do you have brain fog or do you show up to your desk and kind of feel sluggish? Are you not maybe sleeping super well? Are you really trying to get in a flow of like sitting down and having energy and feeling clear about what you're doing, but you just feel like it's not working? This conversation with Tanessa Shears is for you. She is an expert in all things biohacking, but we really go deep on some of the most tangible, easy things you can do right now to show up in the morning or whenever you decide to start your day with clarity and energy and all the stuff that most of us are kind of after. So definitely listen to this if that resonates with you. First, a few words from the folks that support this show. Attention photographers, ready to nail those mini sessions this year? Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course, and it's absolutely free. Get expert tips from award-winning photographers Philip and Eileen Bloom while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership. That's PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership with 17 Hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com. So are you one of those folks that say, ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. 
And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you and then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. I think what's really funny about like all of the ways we can connect now is that even though it's supposed to be simple, like it, it can be kind of complicated trying to figure out all the Zoom and I don't know. Yeah. Totally right. Yeah. Well, at least for the most part, it's Zoom, Zencaster, or Squadcast. Like it's usually one of the three. So yeah, totally. Where are you in the world right now? I am in Vancouver, in Canada. How about you? Oh, awesome. So beautiful over there. I've only been over there a couple of times, but I love it. Where are you from? Minneapolis. So I'm just just in Minnesota right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Other side. Is that an aura ring? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> Do you? I mean, I'm not sponsored by them, but I have one on too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I give it, all but... my clients get them as welcome gifts. Oh. I'm like, we just can't tell what's going on if we can't have the data. Like it's like with business owners, like we need data to tell, like we need to know if what we're doing is working. And so that goes with the health. So that's why I kind of find the entrepreneurship and this kind of what I do. It blends them with the skill set we already have and then applies it to our health. Yeah. I love that. I think, so I'm working with an acupuncturist right now and it was one of the first things she said. She's like, do you have a way to track stuff? And I was like, I showed her. I mean, I know people can't see that, but I like held up my aura ring. And I think just having that information, just going to a practitioner or a professional or anybody that's trying to help you. And if they want as much information as possible, I'm immediately in like, I'm like, okay, you're my person because. Yeah. Right. Well, and then it's fun when you see another aura ring, like I call it in the wild. You're like, oh, yeah. We get each other. You're my people already. I could tell. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you find most valuable for you? And I realize, again, we're not sponsored by Aura, but maybe someday. Yeah. You mean like, what do I find most valuable in terms of the Aura ring and like what I use with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for folks that might be like, huh? Yeah. So the thing I find most valuable is the ability to track my cycle from a temperature perspective. Because I find that like my sleep, my energy, my ability to focus, my appetite, my hunger, the intensity of my workouts everything really changes throughout the month. And before I felt like I was like, why is this workout so hard? What's wrong with me? Or like, why am I want to eat so much food right now? Or why does my sleep so terrible? Why am I up at four in the morning? And I found it was a, it's so much easier to have compassion with yourself when you're like, oh, well, my progesterone just dropped. No wonder I can't regulate temperature. No wonder I feel not as strong. And it just, it really let me have compassion. I think that was the biggest thing. Wow. That's that's like a great link, like from data to compassion. <laughs> yeah, well, right? Because that's what I find that data lets us do. It takes the emotion out of it. The same way as like if you're looking at a return on investment with any type of ad spend or program you take or anything like that. Like we're looking at, 
okay, what is the best use of my time? And then also, how do I know how to evaluate? So if it's like, oh, it's deep sleep that's bringing my sleep score down. Now I can go right to those tricks instead of just like feeling like I'm blindly choosing what to work on next and just kind of throwing darts with a blindfold on, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of a good segue into what I really wanted to chat with you about. So one thing that I think I don't think I know that a lot of people have been trying to navigate, particularly since COVID and the weird lifestyle cycles we got kind of locked into, is just finding energy again and finding focus. And I teach, or rather like in my programs, like a big focus is clarity. I used to have a smaller program called Cultivate Clarity, but just this idea of being focused and kind of all of the areas of your life, not just your bit, not trying to sit down and like come up with a brilliant business idea when you're like not sleeping well, in a weird, like you just said, like maybe a, a more challenging part of your cycle, whatever it is. And I just, I think all of this interests me. And I think a lot of people are really struggling with that. So I just, this was something that I really wanted to dive into. But the ring, we didn't talk about this, like helps track your sleep as well and your your heart rate and all these things that show if you're kind of fatigued or under overworked, underslept, whatever. And that's probably a good place to start. I don't know if it is or not for you, but... No, I love it. So here's the thing. I don't think we fully really recognize that our brain is the biggest asset that we have in our business, period. It is what is responsible for our creativity. It is what is responsible for our ability to see things in a new way, solve problems, connect with our clients and customers. I mean, like my ability to read my client's body gestures and facial expressions is going to make me know, am I connecting with them? Are they comfortable? Am I doing this in a way that's best for them? Or am I kind of feeling like they're confused or they're uncomfortable in this situation, right? Like I want to be able to read that. And all of that is fostered with a healthy brain that gets really good sleep. And so we often are like, no, no, it's my gear or it's my program or it's my this or my software that's the best asset. But really, like if our brains are able to show up sharp, clear and focused, not only do we just put out better quality work, but I truly believe that we get stuff done a lot faster. I mean, how many times have we shown up to do work and our brain is like foggy and it's hard to think and you're not feeling it and everything takes longer. And those are the days where we're just like, I know it's 9.30 at night, but I'm just going to do two more hours of work because if I can finally get caught up, then I'll feel okay. But we're telling ourselves that like, well, sleep is the place we should cut. But the kind of reframe I like to make is like, it's not like sleep is not a pillar of health. Like you would have exercise and sleep and food and stress. It's not a pillar of health. It is the foundation on which everything else is built. And without adequate sleep and a brain that works, everything else is harder. Try showing up to your workout on a day that you wake up exhausted. Your cravings are more intense if your sleep is fragmented or you're not getting enough. You're hungrier, which makes, think about if you're just trying to even have more vegetables at lunch or healthier dinners, all you're going to want to do is grab something that's quick and easy because even your ability to tolerate short-term, long-term exchange of gratification, like being able to hold off for what you really want, everything gets harder. So it's not just one of those things. It's the foundation. And it just makes everything else easier. I could be a great example for that. Yesterday, I slept under six hours. And I know why. Like, I went to bed late. And then I didn't want to miss my workout. But I had a really early appointment for photography downtown. And so I was like, I'm not missing my workout. So I got up. And I could feel right away that, like, my sleep cycle was interrupted. That kind of feeling you get when you're like about to catch an early flight or something, you feel all woozy and you're like... It's called sleep inertia. It's a thing. That's what it's called. I knew there was a word for that. It's just a gross 
feeling. And my workout was just, I mean, by the end of it, I felt it was a 30 minute lifting thing. It wasn't crazy cardio or anything, but it was like, I felt okay, but just everything was harder yesterday. I wanted, I had like a few simple tasks I had to do and they were just hard and I could feel in my face. Like I looked 10 years older. I was just, you know, just like, and then I, yeah, I pushed probably like three things that I really wanted to get done yesterday just off because I was like, I I just can't, I can't do it. And I made bad food choices. Not bad, but like, I was like, it's going to be a pizza night. (laughs) And uh, I mean, you can see the pattern of that when you do that, if you don't get, get on a good schedule, because the way that I tend to operate best is, you know, eight hours in that neighborhood. And I'm like a whole different person. It's just, it's an incredible difference. So I think it's great that this is something we're talking about because people get really down on themselves like, oh, I'm not getting anything done or I'm not good at this or, you know, the the sort of negative self-talk kicks in when really you could just go to bed and get a really good night's sleep and probably feel really different. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know what the interesting thing is like, sleep is sometimes the last place we look because we have this, like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I'm fine. Like I get six hours, I feel fine. That's not it. But there's a gene we have called the ADRB1 gene. And there are only mutations to one in about 250, or it's like four in a hundred thousand. It was something, it's 0.004% of people are able to function on six hours at full cognitive capacity. And there's this crazy thing that happens called baseline resetting. And baseline for cognitive performance slowly sets downward and you don't even realize it's happening because it's so slow. But like, this is normal. I feel fine. But it's only because we've been at that, that we're incapacitated for so long in our ability for our brain to work that we don't recognize the, the level of cognitive decline that has happened and our ability to focus and everything just feels normal. Uh, well, and I, I'm always a little skeptical about folks that are like, oh, I don't really need to sleep. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is I think there's a lot of trade-off and there's so, I know in my experience of dealing with clients, there's a lot of conversations that I have frequently around the amount that they could get done tied with their self-worth and being like, if I could have this level of success, if I could get this stuff done, then I'll feel better. And then I'll know I have done enough. And it's this conversation of enough all of the time. And that, that feeling, that desire to chase what enough might feel like often outweighs the benefits of sleep for them. And so having to really reframe that is like, your value has nothing to do with your productivity. Your value as a human is completely separate from that. And I always think like the whole reason where we have these, you know, businesses and the whole reason we have these goals is because we want to feel a certain way, but why not also just feel that way now and still pursue the goal? So if you want to feel energized and good, you can do that and grow. They are not mutually exclusive. And I think I like to bring that conversation back together of like, well, what would it look like if you woke up and your brain was at 90%? How would that feel to live your life? What would it feel like to be able to engage better with your clients, to have more fun while doing it, to be more present with your kids. You know, what would that feel like as a life? Do you really want to wait another 10 years to get there? Yeah, all of that. And I think the self-worth piece could be a whole other podcast, but I really appreciate that you said that because how much you get done has nothing to do with the worth of you as a human. So if you're feeling poopy about yourself and you're listening to this because you're not getting a lot done, like you are enough and that we can just move on from that. But I wanted to go back to the the brain fog thing, because obviously it's tied to lack of sleep. But what else is it tied to? And what causes that 
I just a, another personal little note. My acupuncturist has had me off of caffeine for a few weeks now, two months. And the first couple of weeks I was like, I can't even think. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and now I'm feeling fine and a bit more grounded and normal. But I'm just curious, you know, what without going too deep into it, like what is going on with brain fog? And I know that maybe that might be a a female male thing too with hormones and stuff, but I just want to hear your thoughts on that because I think that that for me personally has been a challenge in the past. And yeah, well, it's interesting because you can't really go into a doctor's office and they won't be like, oh, that's brain fog. Cause it's not a thing. It's like a collection of symptoms, right? The best way I like to think about it is like, imagine going for a run or a walk on concrete and then having to do it in sand. It's like, you can do it, but it's not very efficient. It doesn't feel as easy. That's the same way I like to think of what thinking is like with brain fog. You're just more easily distracted. You feel confused. You forget things. It's foggy thinking. You're hard to be creative. Like this is kind of that experience, right? And it comes down to just inflammation in our body that we are not addressing. And you're right. Sleep is a huge thing, either not getting enough or not enough quality of sleep. But it also comes from like stress that we don't address and we're just like, that's another thing we acclimate to and we're just like, this is life. Life feels like this. And the other one I see a really big one is actually with we eat because our blood sugar levels have such an effect on our clarity of thinking. And like if you're hearing blood sugars, like when I first heard of it, I'm like, well, that has to do with diabetes and I don't have diabetes, so that can't be for me. But blood sugar, we all have it. When we eat food, especially carbohydrates, our blood sugar goes up and then it goes down. And if that spike is really big and then it falls really drastically, we are going to feel energy crashes that go through that fog. Like We've all had a delicious pasta dinner with some garlic bread, delicious to eat, but needed to take a nap about 45 minutes later, or just that heaviness that sets in that fatigue. You're like, your brain can't, it doesn't feel clear anymore. And that is literally just a blood sugar rise and fall. And we can do a lot for that just by being conscious of what we're choosing, especially during the times we need our brain to be at its clearest. That's so interesting. And so for someone that feels like they're constantly battling this, your first recommendation would be to try and maybe talk with someone about like, or, or even just self-assess like what they're eating and how they're feeling when they eat or something like that. Yeah. Well, the, pl- the first place I like to start with is breakfast because for breakfast, it's the first meal of the day. So we don't want to set ourselves off on like a brain fog train for the rest of the day. So I always like to think like if, I think the way North American breakfasts set up are like perfect for brain fog with, you know, the toast and the waffles and the bagels and the cereal and the granola and the fruity yogurt parfaits and fruit smoothies. Like what we don't recognize is that most of our breakfasts are a hundred percent carbs, usually processed. Now I love carbs. I'm including them. There is nothing bad about them. I think we just, if we're concerned about brain performance, we just need to think about them differently. And what that might look like is like, okay, am I at least balancing it with a source of protein? And that's missing from a lot of breakfast. And one egg is not considered enough protein, but really look at how can we bring in maybe ground turkey in the morning, or how can we bring in a couple eggs or maybe some ham or looking at dinner leftovers, really simple, no prep involved, but like that protein in there does help to mitigate the blood sugar spike. So that would be the first step I would do. And then the second one, really simple one is whenever I look at my plate, I love to ask, did everything on this plate come from the ground at some point? That means it's a fruit, a vegetable, something real, or did it have a mother? (laughs) Meaning it's 
source of protein or healthy fat of some kind, because that is the key question you ask yourself if you're going to assess how much of my food is processed versus unprocessed. Because if it came from the ground or had a mother, chances are it's a whole food and whole foods tend to have a more pleasant effect on your brain and energy and focus. I would totally agree with that. How do like sort of high quality protein powders and stuff fall into that category? Because obviously that's a processed thing. Yeah. So for me personally, I don't choose that route because I get it from real food. Now, I mean, there's always a situation if you're just like, I will skip breakfast if that is not the option because of, you know, how my schedule is organized. So there's always a time and a place for it. But for me, I find that a lot of the protein powders do come with the sugars and the fillers and all of that kind of stuff. And we don't really know what's in it because supplements aren't a regulated industry. So I always look for like, okay, well, can I get this? Is there something I can do on Sundays that I can at least prep for three or four days? Like if I did like a sweet potato, egg, ham, hash, or something like that. And I can eat it for a couple of days. That'll at least get me half of the way there. But in general, like personally, I steer away from them if I have the capacity to make a whole food instead. Yeah, I would say I'm really, it, aside from the pizza thing I mentioned last night, which was the first time I had had pizza in like two months, which, which is, is good a though. whole other story. But <laughs> it's great. But I also like big on whole foods and we have a garden and all there's chickens next door and we get eggs from it's great. However, I do also have a protein powder and I notice that when I make a shake or a smoothie, which isn't every day, it's usually as like yesterday on a busy day where it's like I got to like the workout was important, got to get into the city. But when I do mix in the protein, I do have much better energy and focus. So even though it's not like maybe a choice you know, has a mother kind of came from the earth thing. I do find that 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 addition has really, really made that option for me better because because of that. And it is interesting, like I was just sort of reflecting as you were saying that, like when I have protein and we eat a lot of eggs, again, chickens next door and all that kind of stuff. But I had eggs this morning and I do feel I feel great when I when it's kind of a protein based thing. Like I haven't I don't think I've had cereal in years. So, you know, yeah. Well, and there's other good changes that you can make to smoothies as well, right? Like if we're thinking about it, when we add protein and fats to things, it slows down digestion, which is great for managing, keeping blood sugar very stable. So other things you can do are add in like half an avocado. Like that is an amazing way to get the fat, which has a very similar effect to the protein. Other things you can do is if you love seeds, ground flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp hearts. Like when I make a smoothie, it has very small amount of fruit because that also has that blood sugar spike in effect. But it's like, how can I make this a very high fat, high protein? Like even something like 10% Greek yogurt, something also as high fat, high protein. And those are kind of things that not only keep your blood sugar stable and your brain clear, but they keep you satiated. I find so many of my clients are like at the desk an hour and a half after breakfast and they're just eating right? And that's constant snacking at our desk all day, even on the healthy stuff. Like I've had clients be like, it's grapes, it's almonds, it's this, it's that. But if we're constantly keeping our blood sugar elevated, it does create inflammation. So we want to give ourselves meals that are keeping us full and are satiating and are meeting our nutritional needs. And so that we can make it until lunch without feeling grabby, because that's when things like chips come in, or that's when things like candy at the desk come in. It's just like something to keep us going, but we want to leave the the nutrition in our meals. That's, that's the meal's job. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think for a lot of people listening, just really taking a look at just your morning, like you said, can be big game changer. What are some other, you know, we were talking about ways to be you know, more focused and energetic when we show up in our businesses. What are some other ways that we can do that? 
I think it's really looking at getting a high quality sleep. So we intuitively know that like, okay, I get it longer, seven, eight hours of sleep. That's great. But what actually goes on in your sleep is so important, not only for the quality, because if your sleep is either low in deep sleep or low in dream sleep, or if you're waking up multiple times a night, like this can severely impact how you're showing up the next day, right? So the one of the most potent things you can do, I'll actually give you two of them, and they involve what we do in the hours before bed. But if we are able to stop eating two to three hours at minimum before we go to sleep, it'll have such a wonderful effect on our ability to recharge. Because if you think about this, the purpose of sleep is to reboot our brain, get everything ready to go so we're good to go the next morning. And when our heart rate reaches its lowest during the night, and you have an aura ring, you know it's that little white dot on the heart rate graph, the sooner in your night that that happens, the better that is for the rest and recovery because you spend way more time recovering after that. But when we eat or snack, even the healthy stuff right up until bed, it brings up our blood pressure. It brings up our heart rate. And then our body's like, Hey, I got to digest this food. We'll recover your brain later. And so I often find like a simple thing is like, I ask my clients three hours before bed, wrap up dinner, and that'll make a massive effect on their ability to stay asleep and wake up feeling a lot better the next morning. And that's the first thing. And I think the second thing we could talk about is like, what are we doing with our light? And it's something that it's an easy thing and it's a set it and forget it thing. But if we are exposing our eyes to blue and white lights, that comes from screens, even like the pot lights in our kitchen and our bathroom vanities, that stimulates our brain to stay alert. We don't need to wind down yet. So a simple switch that I made is I bought a an Edison bulb, one of those like kind of fancy bulbs, but they've got like an orange red hue. And I put that in one of our bedside lamps. And so after about an hour and a half before we go to bed, the Edison bulbs go on and that dimness and that change in hue actually enters my eyes and tells my brain like, Hey, if we were in the past, this would have been your fire and the color of the fire is the orange and it's nice and dim and the sun's gone down. We should probably get going to bed. And it actually cues my brain to start winding down. So I put that in combination with some screen-free time before bed and it helps so much with deep sleep and REM sleep specifically. And REM is that type of quality sleep we talked about earlier that makes us creative and in control of our emotions. Is REM the also, it's also the dream sleep, right? Yes. REM is rapid eye movement. It's kind of cool. Like our brain waves look the same as when we're awake as we're dreaming. We are so active during that. And it does so many wonderful things for who we are as entrepreneurs, but also just our emotional well-being. Like if we find that we're overwhelmed during the day, we stress out easily, we're on edge, we're impatient. It's likely because there's something going on with our dream sleep and we're not getting enough of it. I do notice that. I will say having having the ring and looking at that even if I get great deep sleep, if my if something cuts into my REM sleep, which is usually the later half of the night for me and into the morning, that I feel off. It, I could get eight hours, but if it's like a weird eight hours, I, that REM sleep gets messed up. I don't have, I don't feel as good. Right, right. And it's like, if we can start to see, that's what I love about tracking. Like if you can see, oh, my REM sleep is really short, then there are go-to things like screens before bed, alcohol is another big one that disrupts REM sleep and sleeping in a warm room. I don't know if you've ever woken up like sweating, especially during the last like week before my cycle starts. And I have a lot of clients that are in a perimenopausal phase as well, that they're just like my temperature's all over the place. And when we can control for our body's temperature, it really helps us sleep through the night because we're most easily woken up in the early morning, which is like what you said, that's when we get all our REM sleep, right? Yeah. So if we're able to make it through that without wake-ups, we'll see a big boost in REM sleep. 
Yeah, we definitely make a point to keep the room really cool. And this time of year, at least in Minnesota, is well for you as well, is like so awesome to have the windows cracked. And it's like that fall air that gets quite cool. So the bedroom's like nice and cold. I find that I sleep really, really well. Yes, exactly. And I think it's, it's one of the – I know I have a lot of people that will tell me, but I love to sleep with socks on. I love to sleep on a heating pad. I love to bundle up before bed. But it's like if we can allow our core temperature to drop, it's actually one of the things that has to happen to facilitate melatonin production, which is that hormone that helps you sleep. So by keeping ourselves warm, it's actually setting us up for a less quality sleep. So I always think of like I go to bed cold I know I heat up during the night. And so I prepare for that. So I'm not waking up in the middle of the night, like throwing the blankets off and then spending 10, 15 minutes awake trying to get back to sleep. Yeah, that's great advice. And for me, like I find too, like if you're going to do a window open thing, like usually the rooms that like the temperature drops. So if I am like comfortable or a little chilly, like by the time the temperature drops in the room, like I'm already cozy and it's fine. So I think that that's a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the temperature trick. It's such one of like a set it and forget it in the thermostat too, right? Like it's like that 65 to 68 Fahrenheit. That's the sweet spot for most people. That's a great, that's exactly it. <laughs> but also knowing for women, knowing that like that last week before before your cycle, like your temp climbs. And so that's a real thing. And it's been really fun to watch it on the ring, but it's like a huge difference between like days after the period versus the week before is like wildly different. Right. Well, and it's also times where I know if I'm going to be scheduling like a bunch of client intensive work or a bunch of interviews or stuff like that, like I know that that week can be hit or miss for sleep. So if I can, I'm going to put the work that is cognitively demanding and that I need flow of language. <laughs> Let's just say I need the words to come easy. I'm not going to put it during that week if I can help it. So it kind of just lets you have a bird's eye view of when you're going to be able to show up at, at different energy levels and different levels of clarity in your business. Yeah, actually, that's an excellent tip for just sort of looking at your calendar. And I know a lot of folks, I, a lot of people can't really help that. I mean, they go to work and they have to be there. And But if you do have any autonomy over like the choices you make during that week, and I often forget this time of year is busiest for photographers. So we're just on from like September 1st till the end of October. And and it's expect, it's expected and it's not all the time and it's not permanent. So I just kind of roll with it. But I often try my best to sort of look at the calendar and go like, what's going on this week? You know, <laughs> I think I need to. Yeah. What if you can't account for work? Like you said, you can account for your social battery and knowing that maybe that might not be the time to schedule your full weekend full of social events when maybe you just might tend to take one of those nights to recharge. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Well, what are some other ways we've, we've talked about, like looking at breakfast, we've talked about looking at your sleep. Are there any other ways that we can sort of bring more clarity of mind and focus and energy into our work day? Yeah, I think part of it comes down to looking at our work environment we are in. And one of the, it's a really simple one and it goes kind of funny to uh, the crack the windows thing we just talked about is if you are in a room or like an area of your home and you are in an airtight environment and the windows are closed and you're recycling that stuffy air all day long, you ever notice that if you just get outside for a little bit, you feel fresh again? Well, that's just likely because you're not rebreathing in all that same air and likely the dust in our environments. So I like to pair that with just getting outside and getting some sun. Like that's actually something I love first thing in the morning is like if you can get outside within 30 to 60 minutes and 
you know, expose your eyes to the daylight, even on a cloudy day, it does amazing things for boosting your mood with serotonin, suppressing extra sleepiness, and just helping set your whole body clock so you're falling asleep on time that night. And if you're like me, like I wake up really early and the sun is not out anytime when I wake up, that's okay. I can get out as soon as it is light. It doesn't have to be this long 30-minute walk. It can be 10 minutes of coffee on the deck, walk your kids to the bus stop, take the dog out to the backyard. Like, this is such a wonderful thing we can do to boost our energy as well. So I kind of like to do one in the morning and then if I can, one in the middle of the day. Just like, you know, when I've been in my office for like two, three hours, let's get out on the deck, maybe have lunch outside, even on the cold days if it's not pouring rain. It's something I've built into my, I'm really glad you said that because it's, I've noticed a huge difference since I've built that into my day. So when we wrap up today, I'll do, you know, record some intros and get everything over to production. And then I'll go out on the deck and like futz with the tomatoes and the pots and like, you know, maybe feed the birds and just kind of walk around and same thing. Like I'll take like 10, maybe 15 minutes sometimes to just be outside, walk around barefoot if possible and, and just like be outside and it makes such a big difference when I come back to my desk. I'm like, I'm good. I feel good, you know? And then I try and do that like every couple hours. Yeah. And that's a brilliant way to do it. And one other thing that might be helpful in the morning, and I often get a little bit of like, I don't know about that one, especially if you either A, you wake up and you didn't get a great sleep the night before, or B, you got a good sleep, but you want to be like really on your game that day is I'll actually turn the end of my shower cold. And the reason for this is Cold showers on the outside of your skin actually causes a reverse effect with your core temperature. It's like, ooh, it's cold. We got to heat it up. And that increase in heat actually will stimulate alertness. And then that combines with the adrenaline of getting hit with cold water. And it is a beautiful clarity that comes out of that. And it is something like if I have a day of interviews lined up or client calls or I really want to be on because I'm filming some content or anything like that, like I know that that is something that is non-negotiable on my shower. It's not something that I'm like standing there enjoying, but I enjoy the effects of it. And I always want to be the one that decides how I want my day to feel, not like me being like, I don't feel like it because I never feel like it, but I always love how I feel after. Yeah. No one ever feels like a cold shower. Rarely. How long do you need to expose yourself to the cold for the effects to be effective? (laughs) Could have phrased that better. Yeah. So scientific literature says that the optimal amount of cumulative cold exposure during a week is 11 minutes. That is what is considered to not anymore, doesn't really see a benefit, and less, not as much. So it's 11 minutes cumulatively. So it also has to fit and be something you want to do. If you hear 11 minutes, you're like, heck no. You can just start honestly with 15 seconds on the end of your shower. And then you can work up. I mean, what I ended up doing when I was really using it, actually, funny enough, not only as a clarity tool, but a fat loss tool, because it does help convert some of our fat to something called brown fat, which then burns fat as energy. It's called a metabolically active tissue. But during that time, I was doing two to three minutes, three to four times a week. And so spreading it out like that. Great. I try to do 30 seconds to a minute after my showers on the days that I like work out and stuff. So it's probably, a, yeah, probably a few times a week. But It's not the most fun. And we have, so we're, we have well water, which is way down there in the ground and very, very cold, especially in Minnesota. So it is definitely like a shock to the system, but it's very effective. Yes, totally. And it's one of those, like, you don't have to do it every day if you don't love it, but you know, you have it as a tool to use if you need it. That's awesome. Well, I love all this. And I think this is, I mean, if people that are listening, just do some of these things. I think there is going to be a shift in alertness without even, you know, getting blood drawn and having a ring and all that kind of stuff. But 
what is something I always kind of like to wrap up this way? Like, what is something that you want to leave people with? Like maybe something like a tip that you often give your clients or something that like has been really helpful for you. It can be a quote. It can just be something that you live by, but just something that maybe you want to leave people with. And it doesn't even have to do with any of what we talked about. Yeah. It was a piece of coaching that I received when I was 26 weeks pregnant with my first daughter. And she said to me, she goes, you know, Tanessa, as long as the problem that you're trying to solve, you perceive it as outside of you, the solution will always be outside of you. So as soon as we recognize that a lot of the problem is with the way our brain perceives it and the thoughts we have about it, that's the best news you can get because your solution can come from your thinking as well. And it's such freedom to know that like any problem I have, if I can change the way I think about it, it'll change my experience with the problem. It doesn't change the circumstance itself. It changed my experience of it. And if I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling about it, I have the capacity to change that. That's up to me. It was really freeing. It's so empowering. It's such an awesome, awesome way to think. I think it was like Viktor Frankl or something like Man's Search for Meaning or something. But like, was he the one that was imprisoned and basically like started writing about this idea? Like inside the worst situation of his life was able to, to really think differently. Couldn't change the circumstances necessarily, but could change how he felt about it. I might've really messed that one up. So I should probably fact check that. No, I think you got it right. Cause mine specifically, my, what I went for coaching on was like, I don't know how to run a business and have kids. Like, what if my business falls apart because I can't do it? And she said, you know, you'd have to choose to shop showing up. And you can't put that responsibility on your baby. That's a choice you would make. Maybe it's necessary in this season, but take that responsibility as a choice you're making instead of letting that responsibility fall on this unborn baby. And I was like, whoa. That's so huge. (laughs) I know. It changed everything for me going into having my first daughter. Now I have my second and just seeing how that my interaction with my business and how I wanted to make it work has totally changed because of that one thing she said to me. It's your choice. I love that. That's a great place to wrap this up. Thank you, Tanessa, for being here and having this chat. I, Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and even work with you? Yeah. So I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless. It's all about biohacking for entrepreneurs. So if you've heard it, one tip that you like today, I guarantee there's a whole episode on it. But beyond that, if you're wanting to kind of get all these tips that help with energy the most in one place. I have a PDF and it's a playbook called 12 ways to biohack your energy. And each tip goes deep into like what it is, how to implement it. And here's a link to a podcast if you want to dive in further on it. But it's like the hub of what I call the biohacks that have had the biggest impact on myself and clients. And that's just on my website at tenessashears.com, the little tab free training at the top. That's where you can get it. Awesome. I'll probably check that out too. That sounds really cool. Thank you so much for being here. I think this was incredibly useful and maybe we'll do it again sometime. Thank you, Tanessa. Thank you. Attention photographers ready to nail those mini sessions this year. Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course and it's absolutely free. Get expert tips from award-winning photographers Philip and Eileen Bloom while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership. That's PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership with 17 Hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com.
So are you one of those folks that say, ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you. And then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. 